everything from overlanding in your stock rig to full-on LS powered to buggies on stickies. This is the Total Offroad Podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Derek. And I'm Mike. You're listening to episode 173. We got the gang back together, guys. Look at the us. The whole gang is here. Whole gang. Three out when of four last time we of the ever hosts of this podcast are on here right now. The ever hosts? The ever hosts. I mean, not <laughs> maybe. That's not entirely true. There have been a lot of hosts that stood in here and there throughout the years. <laughs> Those are guestesses. Guestesses. Like this, is the o- this is the OG crew. I mean, Derek Almost. was episode three. He was the first guest. What up? All right. We got, we so, got a lot of firsts uh, on this episode. Right. Derek, what are you drinking? <laughs> Well, now he's drinking. I was drinking water. Now I'm drinking hmm. uh, Anchor Brewing Company. Crisp Pilsner is what it's called. That's the name. And were you were you drinking water from a can? Yes. It is crisp and it is Pilsnery. Mm. He was probably drinking oh, liquid sounds- death like a chump. No, I was drinking. Aha! <laughs> ah, I see. How Californian have you? Yep. I, dude, I drank LaCroix <laughs> when I was in Chicago. That's even more... Hoity-toity. Mike, what nope. are you drinking? Okay, so today, surprising to everyone, I'm actually not having a Miller Lite. I uh, I drank a Miller Lite as my second beer, so I could drink a decent Blasphemy. beer on the podcast tonight. There you go. I'm okay. having a Four Giants Tropical Treasure. It's a tropical hazy IPA. It's like basically Four Giants, which is double IPA, but with a bunch of pineapple and lemon and tangerine, and it's just wonderful. Where's it from? It's from Founders Brewing, and it's 7.5%. Oh. Comes nice. in pint cans. <clears throat> I'm having a famous beer that's really old because that's all I have. <laughs> I was looking for the shittiest lager I could find, and this is not it. I'm having a Domain Domain Dupage. Domain Dupage? Dupage. Is it Dupage? I actually have no idea Dupage. how you should say that. It's Dupage. <laughs> it did. It did not go at all when I opened the beer. That's not good, dude. That beer is so old, Steve. That that beer was in there when I was in studio. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This beer was. Uh, was like burst. Oh, no. This is Best Buy. It's Best Buy. Um, <laughs> the one year anniversary of the podcast, twelve twenty three twenty. Oh boy, oh, it's Best Buy two thousand twenty. Yes, the beer is no. older than the podcast. Steve, don't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's not bad. It actually, tastes like too many page. Is it for? Is it for real? Like, okay, you don't think you're gonna like die? No, it tasted fine actually. <laughs> what? Are you, what even is this beer? I, I don't know. It's a French style country ale. Oh, it is. It's that's what it tastes like. Is that exactly that's what exactly, it says on the bottle? I was thinking. I was thinking it tastes like a uh, like a brown ale or a cre- or a cream ale. Is that what it says in the bottle though? Like I I was reading the bottle it's in my French, mind. It's a French country ale. Hey. You nailed it. I and that's exactly what it tastes like. It is lacking a bit of fizz. I bet. But other than that, I just, I'm not upset about it. No. There's probably no sediment in there. They filter that shit pretty good, oh. probably, right? Oh, no, no. It's in there. It's There's in there. Lot. It's just all just don't drink the, the la- Just don't drink the last eighth. <laughs> <laughs> just don't shake it. Yeah, right. It's yeah. so compacted <laughs> to the bottom. Don't, don't swirl it like a wine. A wine. A fine wine. <laughs> oh, man. Like a fine, a fine DuPage. You guys don't remember that story um, that Derek told on here about? Oh, Jermaine I remember Dupage. it. Okay, about what? Yeah, that's Jermaine why I said it. I'm surprised you did. I thought you were just making a uh, related but not exactly related <laughs> joke. No, no, I don't remember. That was directly. It, it was my it's my wife's story to tell, but she was yes. somewhere, and 
obviously now we've we've figured out that it's pronounced DuPage, but she was at some place where they were like trying to be fancy and they were like, would you like a domain DuPage? And she was like, <laughs> snicker, snicker. Yeah, the dog's Mike, a little did you crazy. Really? It's okay. What'd you say, Stephen? Kyle, Kyle can edit that out. <laughs> he never edits Dick anything move. out. I know, but I'm going to put it in the notes. This podcast is all the times ever that someone said we can edit that out. The words we it's can edit that out edited. followed by the thing are in the podcast every single time. Not this time. Even the time that you got really... Wait, did that happen? The time no. that Derek got so inappropriate, we were like, we should edit that out. Did it actually get edited that, out? That actually got cut. I think Steve actually <laughs> cut that one. Derek was so bad that he was the first person to get edited out of the podcast. You should be proud of that. The first and only. Yeah, you maybe theory, don't right? probably. Wow, I can't believe that you haven't gotten edited out, Mike. I know, Mike, right? Because you're so much more inappropriate than me than, than me. Than Norm- yeah, you were trying that day, though. I was trying. I don't know. I was uh, feeling it, you know? Well, Sometimes we've been drinking, I think, so. I think yeah, we've been we, drinking, we and drinking. We kept drinking, and yeah, because yeah. I was staying over. Yeah, when you don't have to drive anywhere, it's like, bug it. That's right. Yeah. Especially it wasn't so much. Because I was a guest at the time. Oh, yeah, so it doesn't even matter. Like, I got to get it all out. No one holds mm-hmm. you accountable because you're just a guest. Right. Now it's a slow burn. That's right. <laughs> Foreshadowing, by the way. Oh, my God. Anyway. So apparently Mike, Derek went wheeling, so we're going to hear about it, I guess. I don't know. I'm going to beat you with a stick. <laughs> Did you do anything off-roady? If you mean me, then the answer is hell yes. no. How about okay. you, Steve? Mm, I looked at a Jeep. Did you look at your transfer case yet? Do you know the deets? No. No? Okay. Uh, no, I still haven't made a decision on that. So you know the same amount as the last time we talked, which is not a whole lot. That's broken. And that's it. Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess we're going to have to depend on Derek this episode to tell us what's up, because apparently um, somebody I, did some off-roading. I have some stories. I have many Seth, stories. Seth did come and drop off a transfer case. I so I do that, have I that. Ooh. Okay. So I do have a transfer case. But Steve wants it to be uh, more beef, not- and so he's not sure he's going to use that one. He's going to go out and get him a Dakota transfer case and be like, where's bang? <clears throat> you know, I was on the phone with Chris this morning, and I didn't think about asking him or talking to him about it. But a smart guy would have just called Chris and said, source me a transfer case from a Dakota or a Durango with the wide chain and the six gears and a six pin or a six pinion planetary and all that. The right? good shit. Sure. You, you right. still can. Source me one of those and then get the pieces parts to put inside of it to make it SYE compatible, ready to go. So I can just dump it right into my Jeep, have Terry put it all together so it's most likely not fucked up this time. Mm. And then I'll just pick it up when I pick up the Liberty. By the way, are you going to... That would have been a good idea. Well, Why why do you keep saying would have? You still can. Because it's kind of... That's a week away now. Or like two weeks, well, something like that. Two week, two weeks, which could be could be enough time. I don't know. So call him right after the podcast. Well, maybe not. It'll be late. But. The complete off road open house. Steve, does that mean you are in fact going to that event? That is my plan. My plan is also to go to that event. Should we like figure something out there? Maybe. I think I'm going to take. I'm hoping to take the wife and the little man. Oh, you're taking your family. I ain't, I ain't doing that. <clears throat> So, I want to be drinking and driving and stuff and, you know, smoking weed and crack. And what I'm planning, else. what I'm hoping to plan 
<laughs> is, is that they get off work Friday. We all get home, get things squared away at home real quick. And then we jump in the truck and head straight to Iowa Friday night, stay in a hotel there. That way we're there first thing in the morning. So question. Yes, sir. Are you going to drive the truck up there and are you going to drive the Liberty back? I'm going to drive the truck up there and pro- excuse me, probably trailer the Liberty back. Ooh. Can I get a collective guess. boo, Derek? Boo. Boo. <clears throat> I mean, it's an option. I'm it's saying like, if, if, if the weather is like full blown thunderstorms, Perfect. 100% chance of rain, drive that <laughs> motherfucker back. I'll <laughs> drive in front of you and I'll get the video you pass in me. I'll put razzle dazzle on the whole thing so water can't touch me. I picture like you in like a leather like skull cap and like some goggles and you're just like just blasting down the road. I think the best part about that Liberty is I don't think you need that. You think the windshield's enough? Yeah. Last time I drove it in the rain, it wasn't bad. As long as you're going fast enough. Mm hmm. Challenge accepted. I'm I'm accepting the challenge for you, Steve. (laughs) Yeah. Derek said accepted. That means you're doing it. (laughs) I really wish there was a perfect size tarp to put on the on the top of Dude, it. Dude, a tarp would be a disaster. Be perfect. I mean, if it was really, really taut. Like, yeah, really, yeah, like, like 70 miles tight. an hour taut. Like, six bungee yes. cords in each, like, little loop. Yes. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, that thing would just be break. flapping like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. It'd be hitting you in the head and shit. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> <laughs> it would be worse than just getting rained on. <laughs> yeah, it would be so much worse. Just, especially if most of the rain goes over you and you just get a little bit of wetness. It's just like slapping you in the face repeatedly for like hours. <laughs> yeah, because you know exactly. it would like shift to and start to tear and then it'd be like starting on the top of your head and then just smacking you in the side of the face at some point. And then of course it comes off and it's <laughs> one shield of the bus and the bus is full of nuns and all the nuns die and it's just a whole thing. Well, that got dark. Hey, bus well, full of nuns, man. You gotta watch out for them. You do. <laughs> Never know when you're gonna kill a bus full of nuns. Well, I still think you oh should drive God. it back, although I get trailering it back. Like, you know, it sucks to be uncomfortable. You're an old man. You don't want to be uncomfortable for too long. Yeah, I'm just gonna... Well, <clears throat> so, riddle me this, Batman. Let me... Uh, before we get into Derek's, even though Derek has, like, three episodes worth of content to give us from one day... I do. Let me ask you, Michael, from your mechanics experience, and maybe this will help somebody down the road. I bought the truck. It had a small vibration at like 80. Okay. Just a little guy. Wait, what okay. truck? What Ty- truck are we talking about? You have too many trucks. The Ram. The, the Ram. Ram. Okay. The one that I bought most recently. Say the Dodge Ram, or I'm not going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> Say the Dodge Pick'em Up. Tell me about truck. your Dodge Ram. 1500. <laughs> when I bought the truck, the black one. Um, <laughs> had a vibration starting at <laughs> 80. Okay, it sounds like tire had a vibration at like 78 or 80. Okay, it's a very small vibration. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't, I mean, it's noticeable, but it wasn't crazy. I'm like, cool, it has a tire out of balance, no big deal. A rear tire. I drove it like that for a while, and then I got new tires put on it right before we went down to Louisville. So I got brand new tires put on it, brand new Nittos. Got the got in the truck, took off, went down the road, exact same vibration. Vibration did not change with a brand new set of tires. Bent wheel or axle shaft. Okay. Or how wait, okay, first of all, is the vibration like a or is it like a like it's in the seat. It was in the body. So this is how it started. It was in the body and it was like it wasn't in the steering wheel. The steering wheel was perfect. And it was you could tell it felt like it was from the right rear. 
is where it felt like it was coming from. Yeah, but you don't know. And it was just you a, just don't know. No, so that's what it felt resonance like, like past like. stuff. That's what it felt like. I'm just telling you. Just give okay, me my, okay. my, my seat dyno, okay? This my is a dino. hear or feel vibration. That's the thing. Is like if yeah. it's a if it's a like a it was a feel vibration, so it's not shaking a, or like a buzz. It felt like a tire, not like a vibr- not like a drive shaft. <laughs> okay, but like that's what I'm saying. Like, or is it like literally? It's like you can feel the vehicle shaking back and forth, or it's like a vibration, like yeah. a like a out of out of balance no, no, drive it, shaft, where it's it like a boo, like it felt like a tire. Okay, Still okay, feels but it like feels a like a tire. Okay. It has okay. a shake. <clears throat> right. Okay, so it has a shake. Okay, let's call that. But it's in the seat and not in the steering wheel. As I'm driving it over the last couple months, like I got tires uh, probably over a month ago, and um, as I'm driving it, it has changed. The vibration has changed a bit, and I want to go get the tires rebalanced, but it's like 45 minutes away, and I just haven't dicked with it, like whatever. And I have noticed here recently that the roads are feeling a bit rougher than they used to, and now I have a bit of a vibration in the steering wheel. At 60, 72, it's it's like best at like 76 Real shaky at, at 82. Like, did you put LTs or P's on it? P's, I believe. Well, uh, first of all, if you notice the vibration on one axle or the other, easiest thing you can do is rotate the tires front to back, see if it changes. Mm-hmm. That's an obvious, like, did it or didn't yes. it? Like, then you know for sure that it's one set so, of the tires. <clears throat> at least you'd narrow it question, down to two of the tires. Let me, let me get to the point here, I guess. Uh, could it be shocks? Yes. Uh, yes, it de- yes. Wait, does. Yes, if you had it get a shock worse? that was pretty blown out, yeah, then yeah, it could cause a vibration because it's not absorbing, yeah. like obviously, like shit in the road. Yeah, I mean, That's it, it had to be pretty like, bad to like give you a vibration, but it is possible. <clears throat> so, so I had My what guess. I thought was a vibration in the Mazda, mm-hmm. and it's got McPherson struts, so like they do a lot. Yeah. Um, and it would get worse under braking. And so I was like, man, it must be the brakes. I put, switched out the brakes. Still, mm-hmm. it got better, but it still is kind of doing it. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And then I went around a corner in like on a bumpy corner. And it was like, I could feel like, and I was like, oh, yeah, the shocks are fucked. Yeah. Like the wheels were leaving the ground. So I have noticed this vibration here more and more lately. And I'm like, man, this is interesting. Like, I can't track it down. It feels very odd. It's now in the steering wheel a little bit. The steering wheel has a little bit of a shake to it. And on the way down to Southern Indiana the other day, it was int- it was noticeable. Like if you hit a big bump, it felt almost like it almost like it wanted to death wobble ever so. Like it's like kind of had that like beginnings feeling, mm-hmm. and then it had uh, the truck would like shimmy across the road. Well, that thing like sounds like a bad shot. Yeah, it sounds like shops. Yeah, it sounds like shocks, right? So if you want to diagnose that, that confirms. Have you ever yeah. driven a truck without shocks on the road? I mean, I think we probably all mm, have it at some point, right? A long time. Yeah, but it's been a long time. Okay, well, I had I had no idea. Like I had a bad shock. I just bought new shocks. This is for like mm-hmm. the Chevy when it was still like stock height. Bought right. new shocks for it, and I had a knocking sound. I could not figure mm. out what it was for the life of me. Like mm. I was like, there's just nothing wrong, there's nothing loose. I chased her for like a month. I eventually took the shocks off the truck and went and drove <laughs> it. And yeah, it handled terrible, but guess what? The noise is completely gone. And I was like, oh, wow. it's one of these rear shocks. There was, there was just bad, but there's no sign that was bad. Like you could push it and pull it. There was no issue. There was no leak. Um, 
but it was making this terrible knocking sound. And so if you think you're having an issue with your shocks, you could, although somewhat dangerous, pull the shocks, drive it and see if the problem's gone. I cannot pull the front shocks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But I did call Chris this morning and ordered a full set of uh, V3 rough country shocks and struts for it. Two inch lift uh, level struts for the front. And then their V3, uh, I think they're just a V3, just a standard shock for the rear. So do you have to put the springs on them? No, they're loaded. Nice. So they're loaded to be two inch lift as when you get them or like it's adjustable to whatever you want. Uh, When you get them. They have an option for one that you can adjust with a snap ring mm-hmm. and then you could do that. So you just, it's like a coilover, but it just, you change the snap ring location. Uh, and I was like, you know what, Chris, I don't want to dick with it. I'm not going to change the level in this truck. Like I'm going to stick these in here and I'm just gonna be like, okay, we're good. Yep. Yeah. That'd be nice. And, uh, he, he swears that rough country has changed and that they're a good company now. I'm like, there's so many people running rough country, everything. Dude, I saw, I don't know what it was, but it was a, a IFS lift and it had like, mm-hmm forged aluminum a-arms or maybe cast <laughs> yeah. i don't know but they were like beefy like they weren't mm-hmm. just like some welded together thin ass tube like bullshit mm-hmm. like i'm used to for rough country so yeah i think the more people that run it the more money they have for r&d and the better it gets i'm kind of uh, sad Chris, to admit this but my flip kit and the rear of my oh wait my lowering kit is rough country mm-hmm. no we should be yes. happy about this right like because they're <laughs> right, getting yeah. better they are getting better over the time over the years and yeah they you know they it. started out as a small company that were just buying stuff that they could f- afford to sell and uh you know spring technology may not have been the greatest at that time so it lived up to its name and uh, apparently they have <laughs> it was done rough. a lot of r&d it was rough <laughs> dude back in the day like i say back in the day like Matt had his Jeep in 2006 or 2007, and it was a short arm TJ on a four, I think it was a four inch rough country. And, uh, you know, it's a short arm for one. It was an aftermarket suspension for two, and it had um, LT TSLs on it for three. So, like, nothing about that ride was going to be soft anyway. Hell no. But, you know, what do you blame it on? You blame it on the shocks in in the springs. Dude, Rough Country's but. control arms, like when I bought the Chevy, it had like the Rough Country 2. It was like the arms were supposed to allow more down travel, but they were mm. so shitty. Like the bushings were shitty. Like oh, really? the way they were made, like they didn't even look good. They were just like. On the blue on the blue truck? On your 94? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was comical. But you know, that, that was, was also like was a part made in the 90s and. It's been a long time since. Yeah, that was all. That was all parts in the nineties, especially yeah. for American parts, cars. Yeah, they're right? all shit. <laughs> Guys were building trucks with tractor links. It was all shit. I mean, there are still guys building trucks with tractor links. I'm sure of it. Just not the <laughs> Just guys fewer. we were running with anymore, or at least most of them. Just fewer. But it's stuff's more accessible now too, so it's part of it. Yeah, that's true. There yeah. are there were more companies back then making links the right length, so you were like, "Well, right. tractor links, it is." Rough Country was founded in 1975. Wow, I'm kind of surprised by that. As one of the original off-road shock manufacturers with the classic yellow-colored shock bodies still seen on the occasional Jeep CJ or square body truck today. I haven't seen a square. I haven't seen a yellow shock body in years. Except for Bilstein's. Or did they quit doing yeah, that well, too? They quit doing it. They went silver. I, I mean, they might they do it silver. on some stuff, but I don't think they... Yeah. 
I haven't seen Maybe a yellow they do, actually on a new Z seventy one or whatever that comes with Bilstein's oh, probably yeah, has yeah, yellow. Yeah, the factory Bilstein's. I don't. I think yeah. they're still got the. I think they're still stainless. Like the blue, they got the blue. Well, they blue might be yellow. Blue. Stainless, no, I think yeah. I think the after like the fifty one twenty fives and fifty one hundreds are stainless. Yeah, but, but the OE fit or aluminum maybe. I don't know if they're stainless. They're definitely they're not stainless. stainless. I'm pretty sure they're stainless. Uh, or you know what? I bet you they're not stainless. They're probably coated. They're probably zinc plated or something. Bilstein's were definitely yellow were and blue in the nineties. I think the OEM yeah. ones are yellow and blue. That's what I'm going. The with. ones that, the Bilstein's are on my 2000 Chevy. They were still yellow and blue. Mm-hmm. Yep. All so right. anyway, um, yeah. So I ordered shocks for the all the way around. So you're going to do a stretch everything lift kit. I am going to do a stretch yep. everything lift kit. Yes. I suppose. I mean, the rear is not getting changed at all, but the front is getting lifted. <sighs> It'll be what fine, Mike. Every, what do you want me to do? I don't even want to get it, into it. It'll just ride worse. What do you want me to do? No, I don't want you He's to He's not going to wheel it. I want you to lift it less than two inches. Why? Because of, you're going to stretch everything. Your CV angles are going to be bad. Your tire angles are going to be bad. Mike, I want to see pictures of your CV angles. You know what? You're probably extreme in the other direction. That is irrelevant, Derek. We're talking about stretch everything (laughs) lift kits, not stretch everything lowering kits. (laughs) Dude, it's not even my CV angles. My CV angles are perfect. You know what's bad? My upper ball joint. You say crit. Hippo. Crit. Oh, you did it. Hey! (laughs) So, my upper ball joint angles, like when you lift the truck, it's like, those look pretty good. Then when you set it down, you look at it, you're like, oh, no. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I'm a hypocrite. Just, I you don't have any up travel, so I'm a hypocrite. But at the same time, it's my truck and it's my problem. The reason I hate stretch everything with kits is because people are like, "I did this dumb thing to my truck, but I don't understand." And then they bring it in like, "I have problem, but I'm too dumb to know why." And it's like, you're, you're, they're like, "Why is this truck such a piece everything. of shit?" Like, yeah, you made your truck worse, mm. and I can't fix it because it's worse now. Yep. I'm like, I type the words return to stock and they're like, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, okay, have a nice day. (laughs) When you say stretch everything, what am I stretching? I'm stretching the CV angle. Your joints are at an extreme angle. Your ball joints, your tie rods. um, Your arms are more angled down so it rides rougher. Yeah, you don't have this level of arms. Maybe maybe Rough Country is smart and they're like, oh, if you're lifting it two inches, they soften up the spring a little bit just a little bit like maybe. i'm all know, for they, a lift sell, kit if it moves all the geometry it. back to a stock position but if you all you do is mm. just push everything down and it's like mm. i think the only way to get that kit for a four-wheel drive is to buy like a six or eight inch lift dang everything else is just there's not like a four inch lift that you can like decrank a smidge back in the day you could you could buy a four inch <laughs> lift and decrank de- a little well, bit de- three inches of lift and you don't know anything you don't know anything can, about dodges nope nothing can you about put a four inch lift on and then put the stock strut back in place Maybe what <laughs> you said decrank a four inch like yeah put a four inch lift on then put the stock strut back in yeah yeah there it's decranked <laughs> no you put would it, just okay it, by decrank you'd put a smaller spacer in probably yeah you put a four-inch drop lift at, on it and put a two-inch lift strut. Maybe three-inch. That would still be two inches custom. off, though. You're right. You should just get a mm. two. Oh, yeah, whatever. I don't know. There's no fix. The mess, like the messed up part, is is like most of the lift, like lift levels for um for like Rams, is all pucks and like 
That's what it is. It's all don't over don't overthink it. You're doing the right thing. Just Are getting you at least longer drive yeah. differential. Don't Are you getting some mic? brackets for that. It's he doesn't need to. It doesn't it's interesting. Fucking, he's not gonna <sighs> wheel it. Like who cares if the sing V angles are a little bit steeper than normal? They're not under I load. I think it's gonna be better than what it is right now because I think the front struts. So <clears throat> in relation to what I was talking about going on the way down to southern Indiana, um, I got out of the truck at the gas station trying to like, I was like, man, this thing has got something wrong. Like, is a tie rod going bad? Like, why is there like shaking the front end? And I looked underneath there, and there was oil dripping out of the front struts. Both of them. Yeah. Okay, you're, right. you did right. you're doing the right trash. thing, Steve. Those are definitely trashed. I mean, also explain why it's, I'm never going to get explain off on boxes, stretch everything, lift kits. But people are going to keep doing it, including you. It'll probably be fine. Yep. You'll probably yeah. be just well, I'm, fine. I'm doing but I'm, I'm still doing going to stay on my soapbox. <clears throat> I'm doing a two. They offer a three in the exact same configuration. You just buy a strut, and that's it. I appreciate you not getting greedy. I did, yeah, I was like, uh, uh-huh. I, I was talking to Chris. I'm like, do I do a three? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, nah, I just want it leveled. Like, I just want the front end to sit level with the back end. That's all. Like that's because right now it has like this mean ass rake, and I mm-hmm. think because the struts are blown out. So are you gonna put bags in the back so when you tow it doesn't sag? There are bags in the back. I just have to get them configured correctly. Oh, like something's it came not with right them? about them. Yeah, it came with a uh, Firestone in the coil. You know what I'm talking about the uh oh yeah the bellows that go inside the coils. It's a firestone football. Yeah. The firestone football, but they're not plugged, they're not hooked up. Oh, they're just somebody there? either either just sitting there. What? That's weird. Why would somebody have done that? I don't know unless they pulled the hoses. They pulled the hoses I've and the compressor to, and they I put tried it to in track down the hoses. <laughs> Something, yeah. I don't Maybe, know. yeah. Maybe, yeah. But either way, I'm thinking that when those trucks in Canada, so when you look at like a Canadian truck like that. It gets sold in Canada and you can see on like the, the buyers, like the uh, hard facts and stuff like that. You can see that it gets sold in Canada. I think they then sit on a lot while they're getting like prepped to come over and they sit there for like six months or better. And then they come over mm-hmm. here and they go to auction. Then they got to sit and wait for auction. Then they get auctioned off. Then they go to a dealership and then they finally like get sold. Well, this one here's this one sat at a couple of different dealerships for a, a little bit. Um, I'm guessing probably a year, 18 months between daily driving and daily driving again. I'm like, oh yeah, that right there is just a, like, that's a recipe for shit to start going bad. Mm-hmm. So, and on top of that, 110,000 miles on factory struts. Mm-hmm. Dude, so, and in Canada. This is kind of off and topic, but I just have to mention, because yeah. we're talking about Canadian vehicles. When I worked mm-hmm. at Toyota dealerships in Illinois... In my entire career, I probably saw like a handful of Canadian vehicles, like five. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, there's something off here. Like this recall number doesn't quite line up and you do a VIN check and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's sold in Canada and somehow it made it to the United States. And everyone thought that's kind of strange since I've been in Indiana. Yeah. Half, like half the used <laughs> cars, not even kidding. Not like the customer cars that bring in, what's <laughs> over the ones they bought from us. Half of them are yeah. from Canada. And I'm like, what is going on? Why? is our entire used car inventory from Canada. Like, there's got to be something to that. I don't know what it is. Like, cheap. But it's just weird. Cheap. Why wouldn't they be cheap in Why would Illinois they be? It's the too. same car. Just was, I don't know. It's not even made in a yeah. different place. It's just Canadian so, market. <clears throat> Someone was telling me the, uh, like, weird. I wanted a sport. I wanted a Ram sport, and it was hard to find them. And everyone you found, like, 80% of the Ram sports that I looked at were from Canada. They were sold in Canada. And I'm like, why is that? And somebody brought up the fact that there's a good possibility that a lot of the um, construction companies up there 
would buy all of the like would buy sports for like the whole fleet mm. and they'd run them for a few years and then they'd sell the fleet maybe like, oh well that's interesting probably and doing it with camrys probably also doing it with camrys there's probably fleets <laughs> of vehicles up there being you know maybe I guess not, not construction fleets. company fleets but yeah. there could be fleets yeah but still yeah that's right yeah, there could be, you know, fleets of whatever up there doing that. It's just weird, man. But they end up, they just end up on the auction block and they come back down here. It's very strange. Derek is kicking his dog out of the room. No. Out you go. You're done. She's loud. She's loud. I, I, we couldn't hear her here, I guess. Well, she's Except for that me. one time. Except for that one time. So, yeah, except for she's bargaining. Anyway. Uh, I just thought I would share my shock story and ask what you guys' opinion on that. You think that could be on my vibration? I mean, I would be possible. shocked if it wasn't. Oh my god! Uh, You're done. Ah, Go I hope it corner. is because it's really <laughs> End annoying. The podcast. We'll catch you on the trail. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's what I'm. I'm hoping to swap that out. I mean, if your front shocks are literally pissing oil, literally dripping oil off of them it's while driving, probably what's wrong. Yeah, Those that's what's wrong. Fucked. At least that's yeah, a that's, major contributor. Yeah, you can't that's ignore what, uh, the obvious and keep diagnosing. It's just like anything that somebody brings in. You can't be like, well, this is wrong, but let's keep going. It's like, no, you fix the <laughs> obvious and then you go from there. Yep. Yeah. The. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping that that's a good start. I, I really hope that's the whole fucking issue because I'm tired of having a newer truck to me have a vibration. I can't stand it. Oh, and also. It smooths out at 100. No Great. vibration at 100. Did you turn off your top speed limiter, Stephen? I did not. It's uh, 106. Wow. My truck wasn't yeah, that just, high. I turned it off. Just with trying this to just tool out the Chevy's tuner. Yeah, I'm probably going to buy a Diablo tuner for it at some point. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, they do well with fuel mileage. Like, they help. Get you some of the eco- economies. Are those Dodge Rams like a Chevy yeah. pickup with an LS where you can just like stab a cam in it and do a tune and pick up like 50, 70 horsepower? I, probably. Or is yours like I a quad assume. overhead cam bullshit, something or other? No, it's a Hemi, uh, isn't it? No, it's a Hemi. Yeah, yeah Hemis are just like a regular uh, overhead valve. It's engine. a push rod engine. Yeah. yeah. They just, they just um, have two spark plugs or injectors. Yes. Spark plugs. Two spark plugs, 16 spark plugs. Yeah. yeah you'd probably be fine. Um, There's the, probably uh, aftermarket for that. But what I understand, I think the Diablo, you can shut off the DOD. I would sure hope so. That's the first thing I did when I got a tuner. Yes, that's what I want to do because it's it's starting to get annoying. Mm. What is annoying Does about it? it? For me, what was annoying is I was consuming oil like crazy. I turned that shit off oh, really? and it, it stopped. I don't even add oil between changes now. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. Just by turning it off, um, no. it's not like you put new lift uh, hydraulic lifters in it, right? No, I did not get into the engine at all. I, I wow, that's impressive. I, turned I, it I, off I, I honestly, it I honestly thought like because the lifters are so complicated, like yeah, okay, you're not putting the displacement on demand on or off, like you're just leaving it off. I figured like, oh, it's still gonna burn some oil, but apparently not. That's awesome. I was is that like, is it? What were you saying? I was gonna say, is that it? Just pulling. Uh, Pulling it through the cylinder then? Either that or like the way that it decides the oil path during the lifter operation. To be honest, I don't know enough about it to know exactly why it's doing right. it. But I went from burning like two quarts between changes. And then I did a, wow. a GM recall. I just did it myself and bought all the parts. 
and it was still like a quart and a half. And I was like, well, it's a little better. When I turned that shit off, it's like a half a quart in 5,000 miles. I don't even add oil. It's just like it burns like a normal amount of oil. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. From clicking a button. Good to go. And, and paying a few uh, hundred bucks. But and yeah, I bought the tuner used for me and for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. The the annoying part for me with the uh with the RAM is that it when it goes into that mode, the eco mode, it's like you gotta roll into the throttle kind of pretty good to get to come back out of it. So if it's in a higher gear and it's in that, it just feels like it has no balls. It doesn't. It's actually yeah. turning off half the balls. Right. Yeah. It's turning off half the balls. It yeah. only has one ball. And <laughs> and like, but that's it. Like, that's just it. So like, then you have to roll into it pretty good and then it'll downshift, shut it off. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, it comes back to life. Like that truck, that truck has plenty of balls. Like it's got two that balls. That truck is, it's be, it's. <laughs> and when it's a, a DOD cam, mode, it has one ball. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Exactly. It has all the balls and it has half the balls. Um, it is way less annoying to drive, though. Like, I say there wasn't a problem, but I agree with you completely that it was irritating when it would go into four-cylinder Yeah, it's just the little stuff, yeah. Because it's just, I don't know, the, the constantly going in and out was annoying. The fuel mileage barely changed. I mean, not even a mile per gallon difference. Right, yeah. That's uh, funny, isn't it? Yeah. That shit does almost nothing. You know what gets me? Sorry, this is I'm, yeah, my soapbox again. All these cars yes. that start have like start-stop, so you pull up to the stoplight, the engine stops, right? Mm-hmm. Because it saves fuel yep. when you're chilling at stoplights all day. But then if your starter goes bad, then yes. instead of like being in a situation where, oh, my car died, I can just pull up to the side of the road. It's like, no, I'm in the middle of fucking traffic and my car won't start because my car decided mm. to stop for the last time before the starter went out. But I wonder what that like. How often is that now? Well, that, the thing is, I haven't heard about it yet, but I know it's coming. It's yeah. got to be. Don't Toyotas have it? <laughs> yeah, Toyotas have it. You And you haven't seen one come in back for replacement? <laughs> nope. The starter is a wear actually. item now, though. It is. They actually yeah. say oh, that really? it's an interval. It's not a, it, you put it, replace it when it goes bad. It's mm-hmm. a, hey, this crazy expensive starter, you have to replace it every blank miles. Oh. I can't remember how many miles it is, but it's something How much like, are they? I don't know. How much are they now? Oh, they're, they, they doubled in price at least. Because oh, they're special now. They don't like, you know, they're like, yeah. Yeah. So they got to be expensive. It's weird that you can start an engine in gear. Like, that's just crazy. Yeah. The starters have gotten better, but I still think that, oh, yeah. you know, a bad starter is a bad starter. You can't make it like foolproof. Right. <clears throat> but it's like, it's interesting because you're pushing on the throttle to go and it's literally like, and yeah, like the second as, that it as the starter is going at all it's like <laughs> yeah. instant start. i think it's because the starter actually like spins the engine faster than the other starters oh, and sure so it, it actually like sure moved, it the starter literally starts moving the vehicle before the engine starts making power I could what's crazy be. is like the like oil pressure what about yeah. it? like it, it just comes it just comes up that fast well, yeah, they all have like if you turn your car off and then well, like if the engine's check turning the pressure, that fast. Like, yeah, but the- if, if you turn the engine off mm-hmm. and you watch like you had a pressure gauge on it, it wouldn't just like drop immediately, especially on new cars. Right. Like, I, don't know. I mean, the tolerances are a lot tighter for all the low weight oil they're using now. Right, right, right. But I don't so, know. I mean, I know that like if the it engine's matter, turning dude, like, faster, it, the oil pump is turning faster too. So it just doesn't matter. My my wife's car, you can hear it 
the, the way that the engine is designed, the oil drains out of the filter after like an overnight and you turn, you turn it on and it seriously <laughs> does like, I don't Batter. know, 50. Yeah. Super loud clatter. And mm-hmm. those cars last forever, literally forever. Yep. It's a Honda. Yep. Yeah, it's true. A lot of times it's that too. Like even after an oil yeah, change, it, like yeah. flatter. It's like, it's just like but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So like, who cares if you don't have a little bit of oil pressure like, at the very beginning? The clatter is usually the valve but train. Though, like it's not bottom end. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Well, whatever just the case, I think up. it's the oil pump on Neat. Emily's car, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Neat. It just has no oil pressure though, regardless if it's the top or bottom end, right? Yeah. For t- for a moment. For a moment. For a moment. Sorry, I'm dumb. It's okay. Okay, we've talked about all the things we should probably let Derek talk about. Wheeling, actually wheeling. Derek, you have 15 minutes, so tell us one oh, I story. I didn't go wheeling. <laughs> one story. Kyle, edit Dude, this I so it's backwards. I don't even know. Like, there's so many small things Start that added up to an awesome weekend. I mean, like, start at that, the beginning, maybe. I don't know. I mean, how right, else I'm going to start at the beginning. So one of my coworkers, uh, he's got, he just got a brand new Bronco. Um, Sasquatch. So it's got 35s. Um, and he wanted to take it wheeling. Um, and he's also got an XJ and 35s. Originally, the plan was he was going to trailer the XJ (laughs) to Hollister with the Bronco, wheel the XJ, and then also wheel the Bronco. But he was like, that's just too much work for one day. I was like, yeah, that's fair. Just he's like, I'm just going to wheel the Bronco. So wheeled the Bronco. Um, but I talked to Jason and Chris of Wheeling Wine Whiskey. Uh, Cause I was like, Hey, Ooh. you know, I'm going to Hollister this day. Um, and Jason was like, Oh, we're going to be there on Saturday for the Esprit de four, like wheeling training course. So, um, he was like, I'm going to be busy because I'm going to be running the training thing. But he's like, if you come down Friday, like we can do a little bit. And I was like, okay. So I took a half day on Friday, uh, and drove down. Traffic was abysmal. Holy crap. But I digress. It's not important. Uh, I get there, find Jason. Um, and, I'm like, let's go, like, let's go run a trail or something like that. And he's like, okay, I had to convince him, which was, I'm going to give him a little bit of shit for that on this podcast. So, (laughs) um, I'm like, I got AC and I got a comfy seat. He's like, ah, fine. You're right. AC sold. (laughs) I was like, yes. Um, cause he'd been, yeah, I think he went wine tasting or something beforehand. So he was like, ah, I just want to kind of hang out. And I was like, nah, you want, you want to show me around, right? Come on. So he mm. showed me around. Um, and I also met, uh, Lenny LePage, LePage. I don't know. Domaine, LePage. It's Lepage. like Domaine LePage. LePage. Yeah. <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Who is, I, I guess our first patron, right? Steve, you confirmed yes. it. Uh, he's got a, I don't know what year, but a square body ranger, I guess is the best way I would describe it on Dana 60, Dana 60 front for sure. I don't know if it's a Dana 60 or Dana 70 rear. Probably Dana 60. I think he said it was all like Ford Ranger stuff. Uh, I put in air quotes, but like an F-250 Ranger, which I think were Dana 60s front and rear. Um, but this is a mini Ranger, not a F-150. Correct. Yeah. It's like a yeah mini truck Ranger, mid-sized. Um, and on 42 inch Pitbulls, 41 and a half. Uh, beadlocks, exo cage, dovetailed uh, front and rear. Uh, and it's just like a legit like wheeler. Um, and uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, so he came with us. We went. Um, we also I also met Kelly, who has a CJ7, I think. I don't know enough about old Jeeps. Um, and then CJ, who has a CJ, 
which is amazing. Mm. Um, but he also has a Rivian <laughs> R1S. He trailered his CJ there with the Rivian and wheeled the Rivian on Friday, which was awesome. Wow. A little bit. He was like, I got to see how this goes. So anyway, we're all out there. We're just tooling around, kind of getting the tour of Hollister. Um, and so Jason shows me there's like two like obstacle course areas. Um, and then the McCrazy Road, which is like a, it was just called McCray Road. And it just snaked left and right all the way up the hill. Um, and then they went straight up the middle with it with a bunch of man-made obstacles. So that the middle section is McCrazy. And then it's just McCray. This was really clever. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, so I did a little bit. I did the mini Rubicon, which uh, for those who followed Top Truck Challenge was in Top Truck Challenge. That was kind of cool to see that. And then we saw where Chank Trap Trail was, but... I'm not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Tank trap is uh, legit. It's buggy like trail only, like buggies only. Like nobody takes pretty much. Like I, I, I would do it. Probably not make it, and also not have a cab. Like it would be scraped yeah. off by the time I got to the end. It's like a cheese grater. That sounds terrible. Gotcha. Yeah, that's no fun. Let's not do that. I I remember seeing a couple of trucks on TTC before it ended that they put like a small wheel and spindle <laughs> on their exo cage specifically for this trail because you literally just scrape your body against this like rock face the whole for a good section. <laughs> we should of just it. put Only casters on, side, on the side of our cabs. Pretty much. That's what it was. It's funny um, to even think about. So like yeah, um, and they would only do it on the one side because you only need in one direction, but. So it was cool to see. I mean, Hollister's a pretty big place. I think it's a little over a thousand acres total. Um, We went to the upper ranch, which is like the quarry area where it's like four wheels, four wheeler. God damn it. Four wheeled vehicles like Jeeps, trucks and side by sides. But no, nothing without like a cage or a cab allowed. Um, And... uh, so I did I did the the mini Rubicon. I started on the hardest line, immediately got high center, just like between two rocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they winched me back and then I just went around the first like gatekeeper thing because it's kind of just like an open rock garden and you can kind of go in and out as you please, um, which is nice. And so then I did like the whole first section and then ducked out because I was like, it's Friday. I literally just got here. Let's not get too crazy. I already got stuck once. Um, and then we just kind of like looked around. So then um, later that night, my buddy from work showed up in the Bronco. Um, he brought a friend with a Lexus GX470 mm-hmm. and a Subaru Outback, which was pretty cool to see on the trail. Um, and I knew this coming into it. Like I was like, I'm not. I'm just kind of checking out Hollister. Like let's do whatever. And everybody's kind of told me like you pretty much everything in Hollister is like you can go around. Um, there's no like major commitments uh, to really hard trails um, except for Tank Trap. Um, and so, um, so yeah, we camped out that night. It was really nice. Um, and then Saturday morning came and, uh, another friend from work showed up and he had a BMW 325XI, which is an all wheel drive hatchback I imagine or wagon. That vehicle, even like with, I don't know, I, I'm going to use this term lightly lift kit can't be, can't be very tall at all. Right. It was not very tall at all. <laughs> um, but he put a skid plate under the engine for safety. And he, he I don't think he paid a lot of money for it. So he was like, I'm just going to see what it does and whatever happens, happens, you know. Um, so anyway, I mean, they knew like they have like tiny tires, not much clearance. So like they knew like 
whatever, like some of the green roads that had washed out, like were pretty difficult. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, but we knew, um, so we head out Saturday morning, get a little lost. Um, then we find the obstacle course, show off a little bit on the mini Rubicon again. Um, and then there's also like a hill climb, which is like all concrete. And we try and get the Subaru up it, but it's got like just a little bit too much front overhang. And then the BMW has like surprisingly good approach angle, hmm. um, but it was much longer and lower than the Subaru. So it had, it wasn't going to do breakover. It was just going to get high centered on one of the stair steps leading up to that like hill climb. So they didn't do that, but the Lexus went up it, Bronco went up it. Um, no problems. And then played around there a little bit. There's like some giant, like, uh, like end loader tires that they've kind of made like man-made obstacles up there. Play around on those tires have surprisingly little traction you know, tire on tire. I was oh, surprised. Yeah. yeah, I was like, That's I'm sure like I'll just that that would be all grip. Yeah, I think it's because they're like super old and dry rotted tires. I was say, if yeah. you get them hot, they'll grip up. I tried that, Steve. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, I was like smoking wow. my tires and it was like double the smoke because they were both smoking. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but I still got over whatever one. It just took a few tries, um, a few lines because... Tires are weirdly shaped, you know, big tires like that. Like my tires were fitting down in the middle of them. And then, yeah. So anyway, it was cool. Um, really neat. Uh, a lot of like pick your own difficulty so type thing. A lot like the quarry. The LX470, was it stock lifted? Like tell me a little stock bit about it. Stock with mud tires. And it so, did okay. Is this a solid axle or an IFS? Solid rear axle, so, IFS. Okay. So it's a newer one, like late Yeah, it's a third gen or- or f- no fourth gen i think equivalent to co- uh, forerunner okay gotcha so it still had like so, probably a rear locker maybe not a front locker but it probably had a hydraulic like sway bar disconnect thingy right i don't know i think um, the newer ones have that i should have looked at it more closely i think they all had rear lock like e-lockers yeah so when you put it in four low, it probably automatically locks the rear. I imagine. So it did good. I mean, it its biggest fault was it was it needed a lift. Like yeah, it, yeah, it hardcore. Had not the best approach and departure angle, and he still had like mostly like maybe a little bit of trimming done, but like he was scraping bumper and stuff like that. Um, all these he's, guys off roaded before. Uh, very little, uh, okay. except for the Bronco gotcha. owner. So the Lexus owner, you know, actually the, the, the wall climb was really good. Cause it was like, it's like smooth concrete with like some stair steppy sections. And it was like, it was good for him to kind of learn throttle control and two foot, you know, driving. Yeah. So like, cause he'd be like vroom and then like he'd get over it and like take off. And I'm like, but try it, try it again. But like use the brake this time and drive through the brake. And he was a lot smoother. So it was like, it was good. It was kind of a fun little training exercise on our own. Um, but I wasn't like pushing anybody to do anything they weren't comfortable with, obviously, because, you know, didn't want to fuck up their shit. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, but my coworker, Pavel, with the Bronco was like, I want to see what this thing can do. So we like tried a bunch of really cool and gnarly lines. And, you know, the my only gripe with it is that the rock sliders are pretty thin and mounted to the body. They're um, OE, I take it. They're OE. Um, they're they're cool in a way because like they have steps and you can take the steps off with like one little screw, hmm. which is nice. So he took the steps off and you can take off the fender flares too with no tools. You just have, oh, like wow. on the inside, you just 
pop. You like 90 degree turn these like little things and then it just pops out. Because they're plastic and you don't want to destroy them like in the rocks and shit. Exactly. Which he probably could have kept them on in hindsight. Um, but we didn't know. Um, so he took them off. It wasn't that hard. Um, and yeah, and he's got, he, he got it wrapped when he got it. So he was like, didn't care too much about tree branch scratches or anything like that. So it was just nice. Um, and it's got so much cool technology, man. He was like doing the tank steer where it like, it's a, basically a dig. It unlocks the rear diff, locks the inner tire and like pulls the front end around. Oh, kind of. neat. And it worked really good on the switchbacks. Not so much in the rocks. I think he was confused. Like, I'm like, oh, you know, lock your rear tire and you'll be able to like, pull a 90 degree and he was like all right i'll try it and then it would just drive through it i think because I, I don't know why exactly but it was but it still it was really cool and it also has like um one pedal drive mode where you don't have to two foot it so it's hmm. like it like applies the brakes for you and then you push like for the first like quarter of the gas pedal it like lets off the brakes a little bit and it, but it keeps some some drag and then drives through it yeah it was pretty neat he was like yeah it's really cool and then it's got all the cameras and like you can see top down view and all that crap and it was really neat um it did it did a really good job um they're a little bit lower than i kind of expected them to be um i think like is it a four-door say again steve is it a four-door yeah 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 so um breakover was tough um i think a two-door at stock height would do really well not, not that the four-door didn't do really well, but um, I wouldn't... I think breakover on a Rubicon Jeep would probably be better. But smaller tires, yeah. so I don't know. Maybe it's a wash. Maybe. But it did it did awesome. Uh, super happy. And it comes with a locker for the front factory. Like wow. Just, yeah, fully locked. Um, one thing's... One thing again. for sure. Fuck him and his top-down view. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy shit. That's cheating. That's bullshit. <laughs> you know, that, the I can't top see. Down where's where's that line? Oh, there it is. <laughs> I mean, the top-down <laughs> top view is also was... kind of bullshit because it's not actually top-down view. Like, it right. looks like, yeah, exactly. it's like an image You can see where it's like shit. stitched together yeah. from the side cameras right. and stuff. But still, but still, but, you can see what's in front of you. Yeah. The, that's, that's it. The top-down view, meh. The front view, when you're driving up over a steep hill and like you just yeah. look at the front camera only, you're like, oh, yeah. I can just keep going. You don't have to like, what, what the hell is going to... Uh-huh. What yeah. kind of cliff am I about to drop off? <laughs> I've been wanting that for years. I I went down the rabbit hole because uh, Jonathan Rios, he's got a K30 that he's bobbed the back end off of, and he's got 43s on it, I think, and an XO, and I think he's dubbed front. Um, he's got like a wireless camera system that he just, he didn't even plumb it into like a head unit plummet. He didn't wire it into a head unit. He just has another <laughs> screen. Uh-huh. That runs it. It's like it's almost like a security camera thing, but it's made for like yep. semis. Right. Yeah. So you like throw one on the back of your trailer. You throw one on the right side of the semi, and you can yep. do four channels if you want. So he's got like one under the thing, one on the driver's or one on the passenger side. Maybe just the two, or maybe he has four. I forget. But it's That's awesome. And it's like two or three hundred bucks. So I, I want to do it eventually because that'd be dope to have that front one. Right. But for uh, sure. Anyway. So then we went to the adventure course, which is cool. Not a whole lot uh, challenging stuff for me, um, but it was good to, for the other guys to try on some stuff like the Subaru and the BMW. Um, and then from there, we were going to go up to Hector Heights Overlook, which so this is probably the for the size of the park, especially the most elevation change I think I've done wheeling in one day. Um, wow. We went through them like basically 
I don't know what the base is, but I'm assuming it's like maybe a couple hundred feet above sea level to 2,600 feet at the overlook. And it was steep, like the whole way up. Um, yeah, like that, Mike. <laughs> so we so we left the Subaru and the BMW because we're like, this is, they may make it, they may not. And then we don't want to have to like leave them like on a tight trail if they can't. So we left them down uh, at the base, not all the way at the front, but like where there was just some room. And then we all piled in the Lexus, the Bronco and my truck and then drove up to the top. We got a little lost, took like an hour and some change. Um, but then we got up to the height, the the top, we hit lunch, I did a little photosphere. It's like 270 degree view, like amazing, beautiful. Um, and then another coworker showed up while we were up there. Uh, so we drove down, met him and then we went to McCray, McCrazy road, um, which is a cool little road that has like a fairly easy, it's a green, green trail snaking back and forth as it climbs the hill. And then I guess a few years ago, I don't know how many few, but, uh, they added in a bunch of man-made obstacles that just go straight up the middle of that snake switchback. Um, there's like five or six like obstacle sections in varying difficulty, like from single black to double black diamond, but some of them are pretty gnarly. Like I wouldn't try them. Um, but I tried a couple of them. One of them I was denied on for sure. Um, one of them I got up pretty easily. It was like these like metal pipes, like these iron pipes that were like, I don't know, like, mm, two feet, two, three feet in diameter, roughly kind of laid out in like a, a Chevron pattern. Um, and then, uh, this last one. So the, the, the next one I did was like, they also have like a tube, like at the Badlands, which is cool. And I had like one inch of clearance. Um, big jumbo truck then, style. Yeah, I know it's too tall. Um, and then they had this like poured concrete one that was like super rough and like lots of traction. I just, I think I could probably do it, but I like chickened out and like I, at first time wheeling with these guys, like I, I trust a lot of their judgment, but I just was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. So I backed out of it after trying like three or four different lines and then, uh, you know, got out of it and went back up a different route. And then there was another like poured concrete, poured concrete mixed with like giant concrete tube obstacle that I was like, I mean, maybe we can make this. Like, I'll put tires on it. I did my Derek thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, like, start going up, and I'm like, oh, this is actually not too bad. Like, it's flexy and lots of traction, though. Um, and then it, like, drops off a lot and then goes back up immediately. And I'm like, okay, this needs... We need to, like, really be careful about this. So I was like, let's try and get me here to, this, to my spotter. But I had been a little bit too far to the right. Like, so there's, like, there's two ridges. You can, like, go on the left or there's three ridges total and you can put tires on the left two ridges or the right two ridges. Um, and so I'm on the left kind of trying to go right. And so as I turn right to go down into this thing to get up the next obstacle or the next like climb, the rear end slides off and that was like game over. I was pretty much high centered at that point. So we went forward. I think I can do that obstacle though. I'm going to try it again the next time I go um, without winching. Um, but we winched me forward and out. Winch isn't happy because it's like, an eight foot pull <laughs> and I was oh, like <laughs> I mean I probably I probably could have put like you know uh you know a, a god damn it a pulley yeah snatch block thank you thank you snatch block to have the load but it, it did it and I'm, I'm like okay okay so drive drive out of that and then uh there's another 
the one with the steel tubes I was saying, the guy in the Bronco was like, hey, when you're done with this one, like, can you spot me up that? I'm like, yeah, for sure. So I drive up the hill to where it's a little bit wider, park off to the side, set the parking brake because it's pretty steep, and smoke. Filling the cab, smoke coming out from under the hood, and I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, Like, like I just winched like crazy, and I'm like, oh, God, the winch is burned up or like something like that. I'm like, what's going on? So I get out, immediately go for the fire extinguisher, pop the hood, like, what's going on? Like, and I don't see any flames, but tons of smoke, so much smoke. I'm like, it's got to be on fire. Something is burning. Um, And so the guy with the Bronco comes up and like, he's like, oh, let's unplug the batteries really quick. So I'm like, run back, like throw him a wrench and I grab a wrench myself and like he unhooks one battery and I'm like frantically trying to do the other one, which doesn't have much space and finally get him undone. The smoke stops. And I start digging into it. And ultimately what happened was uh, I had a fuse for this circuit for the record, mm-hmm. but the, the, the rock light switch solenoid setup. So it has three wires that go into the cab. One powers the little led on the switch and that shorted when I set the parking brake. So like got caught up in the parking brake, like, you know, yeah, linkage. The mechanism and it, like and it shorted it. Yeah, it shorted it. And so the wires are teeny tiny. It's not enough current to blow the fuse because it's just too much resistance. And so they're just like cooking what? at a few amps, but not enough to blow the 30 this amp fuse that the runs cab the actual. Smoke, then. This is like under the dash. Both. Both. Because it goes through the firewall. So oh, it's wow. burning outside under the hood so and the in the dash. the wire is smoldering. The whole wire. So I, when I got it out, yeah. I had like three feet of mostly not wire, wire anymore. It was like wow, burned up. Like there was like melted copper and then a gap and then melted copper and then a gap. And like, you know, so the wire started fusing itself. Like the wire became the fuse and all the insulation on it burned off, of course. And fortunately, because it's like a cheap Chinese piece of crap, uh, it didn't. Like it, it melted and like got melted wire insulation all over the factory harness. But the factory harness must have higher temp, obviously has higher temp insulation than this cheap Chinese crap. Oh, no, that's good. So fortunately, there was only one little section of the fact, like just one wire, one section of one wire that actually got melted through of the entire factory harness. So nice. I just taped that up, and I was like, "Oh my Easy god, this fix. is going to be a disaster!" Because I ran it next to. Like through the bulkhead with the wire factory yeah. harness, like real clean, like so. That was um, lucky. So that was that was very lucky. I mean, on it for for what it is, that is the best scenario. Like, so now I have to the next time I do one of these, I'm gonna have to run like a, a I don't know a five amp fuse. I got to do some math. Something tiny. On the freaking yeah, something tiny. I mean, when I was a little fuse, the lowest fuse we made was a three amp, which is probably good. Um, but on the actual like switch LED circuit, cause that, that, yeah, it just wasn't enough. If the rock lights had been on though, it might've been enough. Oh yeah. Cause that put a lot more amps. I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. So anyway, it doesn't matter. Fortunately, my truck didn't burn down. That was really friggin' scary. Um, so you never ended up busting out the fire extinguisher. You just tried to fix it and it, I had the fire extinguisher there ready to be used like on the ground or like, yeah, on the ground next to the tire. But like I got up in there and I'm like, I don't see flames. Yeah. Plus nobody wants and to use a fire extinguisher unless they absolutely have to use the cleanup disaster. Especially in the cab, dude, it would have been so bad. 
I would have if I had seen flames. I for sure. Oh would've, yeah, yeah, I would have too. Fuck yeah. So I'm kind of glad that the the plastic didn't like actually catch on fire. It just smoked. Damn. So yeah, so that was scary. That and I was like, all right, well, I'm pretty much done. Like it's the end of the day. Like at this point, like I forgot my hat back at camp. I'd put on sunscreen, but now like we're in the blazing sun. Like. I'm fixing it because I'm like, I don't, I'm not thinking about sunscreen. By the time I'm done, I'm like on fire. My face is burned. Um, it actually, it's, you can see I'm a little red, but yeah, it's not as bad red, as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to be much worse. But anyway, so I'm like super tired. I'm like, let's do whatever you guys want to do. I'll come with you. Like, I don't mind doing something that, you know, your guys are, are capable of, like, but I'm not going to do any more of the rock crawling. They're like, fair. Um, Cause they were like, do it. Like, we like watching this. So I was like, are you sure? Cause like, I feel like I'm just like, I'm wheeling and you guys are just standing there. They're like, no, it's fun to watch. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so, and then <laughs> when the guys try to make me feel better, he's like, this is still very entertaining watching you fix this. It's <laughs> like, thanks, I guess. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we, I pull, I pulled out the whole harness. Um, so now it's back to the way it was, um, for also nice is the rock light circuit itself wasn't affected. So I literally just need to wire up a new switch and relay thing and then just plug back into the rock lights, which will be good. Couldn't be simpler. Couldn't, couldn't be simpler. Um, so th this is all because you had a 30 amp fuse on the switch wire. I had a 30 amp fuse the on the entire thing, right? So the, oh. the three wire, or I guess it's two wires. How does it work? The three wires go into the relay, but two wires power the system. So there's positive and negative, obviously, you know, mm -hmm. power and ground. And then that goes into the relay and then there's, it kind of splits power. One is, one is ground and then there's two wires that go, one goes and is hot all the time. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is only hot if you switch it. Right. And so if I didn't yeah. have the like hot all the time to power the little LED that's behind the switch, this wouldn't have mm -hmm. happened. It would have just shorted it. I would have hit the switch and then the rock lights would have turned on and then it would have blown the 30 amp fuse. Oh, but I would like to have a light in the cab telling me that the rock lights are on. Cause then I know right. if they're on during the day, right at night, I'll know when I get out of the truck, but that's interesting because the switches that I've seen in the past that are lighted like that have a single power going to the switch and then they run a ground for the light. The same power mm. is the is the switch power. Yeah, I got to Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I think it's right? because it's LED though. Yeah, those are LED. Oh, are they? Well, you have one power wire coming one. in. You have one power wire coming in and then you have your load wire going out. Mhm. Mm your switched wire going out and then the only thing you need to make a light is just your ground. Hmm. Well, it wouldn't matter though, because the it, it, actually the third wire doesn't matter. It's the hot wire that's always there. It grounded right. to the cab. That was the problem. Yeah. Yeah. You needed, yeah. A, a, you needed a light, a little bitty, but because it's just a switch, because it's only a switch and a relay, you don't need any power. You don't need any amperage behind it. But it, right? it, it, that's, it, that's it what what uh, oh, interesting. I wonder if it turned yeah. on the rock lights. Because I think you're right. That it should be like that. I don't know. I have to dig into it more. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'd like, like to hear so about maybe, that. So maybe maybe thirty amps is too much for the rock lights. I mean, I did the math. They pull eighteen amps, so I didn't want like oh. a twenty amp because it's like right there. Right. Yeah. Um, but maybe a twenty five would have been better. But, but the problem still, isn't that like the the wires going it. to the rock lights would yeah. never have caught on fire. It's because you got like twenty two gauge wire going to the switch. Right. And then the rock lights have like fourteen gauge or something like they're twelve. So no, a, not twelve. But. So you need a a five amp fuse on the ground. I need a five amp fuse well, no, on that the switch. Would, that wouldn't have done it. That wouldn't have done it. The switch wasn't on. Because if I put a yeah. five amp fuse only on the ground, uh, then the rock lights would blow it. Right. But if I did a five amp fuse oh, just on the switch wire I, before, after the relay, yeah. then that would have done it. Right. So I got to play around with it. Fine. I got to look at the. I, I I just trusted the internet too much. <laughs> I was like, this will be fine. Yeah. It's got a fuse. Um. <laughs> but now I'm I feel like, like I always maybe pull my I wire look out of my fuse. circuit. Right, I always pull my wires for my switches like out of my fuse box and stuff in the past. Yeah, um, this was this was like a fuse box fuse. Yeah, oh, it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, got boy. one of those tabs. Yeah, Boo. I never run a thirty on this auxiliary. I never, auxiliary, auxiliary. I never fuse block auxiliary. Run. Yeah, that. So why you, would I? So you like, literally have a. I literally have a fuse that has a stud that was going to nothing. Hold on, hold on. What? Holding. I'm going to extract this slightly. Your power that comes from the switch on your dash is all of the power going to the relay. There's not a second power wire coming into the relay from the battery. There's two wires going into the relay from the battery. There's a positive and a negative. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Those should have a 30 amp fuse. Those have a 30 amp fuse. Okay. Those two wires also. So those go into the relay. Right. And coming out of the relay is another wire that goes to the switch. Two wires. One one that just takes the hot, goes to the switch. One that takes... And then the other circuit is a ground, and then a wire that goes back to the relay. So when you throw the switch, the LED comes on with the hot wire to ground, and then the Are other you? one closes the circuit and goes back to the relay and triggers the relay and then two wires come out of it and go to the... So it's a seven-pin relay. I am... Why seven oh, pins? Seven, Man, so many seven-pin relays on it. Uh, I don't know, because guys. I didn't fucking come up with this. I just... It was supposed to be easy because it was supposed to have two powers. It goes to the switch. It goes... And then it has two wires that go to the lights. Right? I guess I'm just confused because you said two wires come from the battery and they have a 30 amp and then you grab wire, then you grab power out of the fuse panel as well. I'm going to send you a picture of this right, right here. Mm-hmm. Exactly what I have. Right chair. Where are you going to send it? In the, in the Teams in the, chat. In the Teams chat. It's hilarious because it shows a whole bunch of fuses next to it too. If you did it right, there'd be a bunch of fuses next to it. No, don't need to. All right. There's three wires going into the switch. So explain that. That's all I know. And oh, I, because I use a different one of them switch. is for the LED. Thank you. But, but Steve is saying that we don't right. need that. No, no. Why? I'm saying, wait, what? It's a lighted switch. No, no. That's why there's three wires the, instead of the two. Red, the red wire going into the LED, into the switch is your hot, your constant hot. Your black is your ground. That's the extra wire you need schematic. for the LED. And then the white wire is your load going back to the relay. Mm-hmm. You're right. I sent the schematic though. Yes. But there's three wires going to the switch. It's just interesting. So one of them's hot all the time. 
on the on the diagram huh. that I just sent oh, you, all of the reds are hot all the time. I've never seen and a relay setup like that that where you grab your switch power out of your relay. That's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I've never seen that. That's your problem right there. It's just, yeah, it's more that complicated a, than what we're used to. That is all. a manufacturer flaw. They should have put a, a uh, fuse in that for right. sure. They should have. Right there. At, right there. Where it. Before this wire makes that 90 degree turn to go through the firewall. Right there. You see in the schematic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the trick is you just never let anything short and you don't need any fuses <clears throat> anywhere in your whole vehicle. Ta-da. Perfect. Yeah. No, <laughs> what they should have done is have full gauge wiring going That's into wild. the switch so that if it shorts, the wire doesn't melt before the fuse. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious. Also, That's a good how option. it works. That's how fuse yeah. curves work. I mean, right? they yeah. want your fuse to melt before the wire. Back in the day, one, like one say thing. all the wires for your like doors, windows or whatever, the switch actually like provided the power. Like the wiring in like an OBS door is like, I don't know, like 14 or 16 gauge. And so like when yeah. you hit the switch, it's like okay, I am the switch. I will power the window motor. And now it's like right. 22 yes. gauge no wire that sends a signal to something else to tell something else to send a signal to something else. And right. it's like, I mean, I could just do what you just said, Mike, and then for sure, it. delete the relay the switch, completely. I think the switch that I'm running is rated to 30 amps. So, so, so just I could just do that. Mm. Yeah, I might just do that. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Um, it's a Carling switch. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah, it's Carling. I'll figure it out. I'll report back in a few episodes when I fix it, but it's not high on my list. So uh, yeah. So then, then we do. I don't know what you call it. It's just like a a ravine that's been dug out, intending to make you flex. It's called a twisty do. I think it's a twisty do. Yeah, frame twister, basically of sorts. Did you get some Um, sweet poser shots while you were on there? Uh, I don't know. Let me look. I got some sweet poser, sh- not poser shots, real shots of the Bronco, though, doing some like four feet in the air action. Um, it's too bad you guys buddy bring the BMW and the Subaru back there. Really to see them they did go back there. Oh, did they? <laughs> they didn't go on this obstacle, but they came back with. They should have gone on it. Uh, they wouldn't have fared super hot. It would have been a great um, video to we, watch them roll, though. But what we, <laughs> what we did do, speaking of rolling... Um, was so there was our buddy that we came that we met uh after going to the overlook he's got a i, th- I want to say it's a i don't know how many inches lifted forerunner but it's a lifted forerunner and it's lifted uh i think it's like a four inch drop kit in the front and then like some redo the pan hard bars set up in the back because he had to borrow my welder to do it and you know, his biggest flaw or his rig's biggest flaw is that it doesn't have any lockers. Mm. And like, this is, I mean, my truck was three wheeling. So like, this is some pretty serious flex. And I was like, man, he's like, I want to try it. I'm like, I'll spot you as much as I can, but I really don't know if you're going to make it past the first one. Cause like the second one tire comes up in the air mm-hmm. on an open, open rig, you know what happens? You get one wheel drive. And, but he gets on there and I'm like, oh, this is actually like the weight transfer of this forerunner is like helping him. Like it's keeping weight on the rear tires so that even though one tire in the front is kind of in the air or has very little traction, it's, it's doing a lot. Um, cause the whole thing you're climbing and I'm like, okay, so we had to take him like, instead of going the stable way where you're like fully flexed and like the front's flexing one way and the rear's flexing the other way, we had to like have him snake around the most sketchy, like leaned path. And we got him like 75 or 80% of the way up this thing. And there's like, I don't want to like 10 or 11, like switches, twisty do's, 
twisty dudes. Thank you. Twisty and uh, so we got them like through eight, let's say, or nine. And then we finally get to one where I'm like, I, I don't think I can get you around this without you flipping. <laughs> and he, like, we got to a point where both tires on the same side were spinning. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's extra. Like they weren't off the ground, but it was like so little weight of the vehicle was on them that mm. it wouldn't. And I'm like, it was like people would. It was leaned it, hard. It was leaned hard. And I'm like, like he'd move and like you could see it like unload a little yeah. bit more. And I'm like, we need to winch you. Like I, he's like, yeah, please. I'm scared. I'm like, yeah, OK. Um, so we winch him forward and all is fine. Um, but he makes it through the rest uh, on the winch line. And it was surprisingly impressive, actually. But And it brought me back to the days of the open diff front and rear challenge. It's just so much harder. Like if he had been locked, even just rear or front, oh, he would have right. walked the whole thing. No problem. But nothing. But, uh, but well, not nothing. He did surprisingly good job. I know. I'm um, saying nothing was locked. That's all. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was good. Um, so I'll post some pictures of all this in the trail rider. Well, I'll ask them if they care, and then I'll post it. Um, so maybe not ask right away. Who if but they care. Ask the, oh, people the people who I work oh. with if they care. Um, and then I went and did like another one that was, I thought it was going to be more twisty do's, right, Mike? Is that the right term? Yeah, twisty do. But That's it was just, it was term. a leany do um, into a wall. Into a, a wall, leany do. So I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Just keeps getting more and more leaned. I'm like, I'm like radio to them. I'm like, hey, um, can somebody come and look at the front? Because <laughs> like, and then they walk up and they're like, oh, yeah, your tire is like four feet in the air. And I'm like, uh, is it going to go down anytime soon? And they're like, uh. I'm like, <laughs> like, well, is the front, really. you know, is the one that's on the ground going to go up anytime soon? And they're like, yeah, if you go like a foot and a half more. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so bad. This is so bad. Like if it leans, it's I mean, it won't fall over because it was like against a ravine or against a like a dirt wall. But it would have like broken the mirror and maybe some of the glass, you know, so I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. But less than all was good. All was good. It made it through. And then we went back to camp, had some beers, had some all kinds of food. Like everybody brought something different. We just kind of did it potluck style unintentionally. And uh, yeah, then drove home the next morning because I had to deal. I had to take care of the dogs. So it was a really, really good trip. And I was impressed with the BMW and the Subaru Um, and the Lexus. All of the vehicles. I was like, this is really really cool to see such variety of vehicles wheeling all together it's like a it's a it's a it's a good park that that can happen because then it's just anybody can come and anybody can do whatever they want right i like that no that's awesome that's it's cool that you got to wheel such a variety of vehicles and the fact there were so many bypasses so you weren't like stuck on a dedicated trail where you're like okay i'm up and everyone else turn around and go back yeah, exactly. And there, there were a couple like longer trails where I was like, this is a blue. And I was like, well, let me let me run it and then decide if like everybody should go this way or we should take a different route. And I just radio back to him like, yeah, you're fine. Like it's not washed out or whatever, but they've gotten a lot of rain, which is uncharacteristic for California. So there's a lot of erosion that they're fixing. Um, it's actually a really well-maintained park. They just have a lot on their plate because of all the erosion right now. Um, so they're slowly but surely making making it all better um and then actually some people stayed and wheeled sunday 
Um, there was a two-door XJ that was a two-wheel drive that the guy converted to four, which was neat. Nice. And then uh, another, a second gen forerunner instead of a third. Um, and they, yeah, they just, they, they had a good time. It sounds, it looks like based on the pictures and, and everything. So yeah, it was a good trip. Um, oh, and then Mike, it was, it was a cool park because like the views were like spectacular. So I, I thought of you because you're like, I like wheeling a lot, but I also especially like wheeling when like the views are good. Yeah. It's something I don't, I'm going to keep saying it is I feel like as wheel as at least in the wheeler, the person wheeling, not the passenger, you often overlook the scenery because you're so focused on wheeling that you like, don't take right. it, the time to say, Oh look, nature, I could just stop and enjoy this. Like, Exactly. We don't sometimes. We don't. Um, and it's nice when, you know, there's rigs of varying difficulty because then, you know, sometimes the people are watching the capable rig and sometimes people are spotting whatever. Everybody gets out and helps and does different things. So you get like a breathing room to like, you know, check things out. It was fun. So I went wheeling, guys, finally. <laughs> it, at Hollister, nonetheless. At Hollister. Yeah. That's a good story. The, t- the tank trap place. So the did you tell us all the stories place. from Hollister just now? I think so. You thought that was going to gonna take three hours. It only took you like 40 minutes. <sighs> I could tell gave more, us the abbreviated version. I feel I like you're you just the, really the, efficient. Maybe I'm really efficient. <laughs> <laughs> He's learning from okay, Tesla. Okay, wait. So let me, let me give you the, the shit that broke uh, the rundown. So like, Oh, okay. So on Friday when I'm with Jason, we're going around this like easy corner and I hear and I'm like, oh no. The patch that it put in on the rear. Oh, we lost Mike. (laughs) Where did where did Mike go? I'll put a pause marker, so to speak. Okay, yeah, I'll do the same. Oh, Mike's back. Okay, you're back. Sorry, I don't know what happened. Okay. Well, we don't need to edit that out, but, um, so I hear, and I'm like, oh no, the, the patch that I just put in on the tire, let go. Um, but I get out, the tire's full of air still. I'm like, what the hell? That's weird. I open up the hood and the regulator for my front locker, the CO2 tank had like vibrated itself loose and it had unscrewed enough to let all of the pressure in the CO2 tank out. Oh no. So I didn't have a front locker, but it's a bad day. or the rest of that night. But then went back to camp, and since I have an ox locker, which I will continue to tout my preference to ox, to ox lockers over any other locker, I put I take the fitting out for the airline, thread in this little screw with the spring, and boom! Now I'm spooled in the front. So that's I'm a, a damn big fan fine feature of that redundancy. So that and was one like thing. That, um, the other thing that happened was the fire. We talked about that. I got to fix that. Uh, and then the last thing. Oh, <laughs> so one of those crazy obstacles uh, with the paved concrete that had tons of traction. Uh, when I was backing off of it, I thought I was putting reverse power, lots of it against the bumper and just waiting for the bumper to like... To get off of the obstacle, it turns out it was against the rear leaf spring shackle, and so one of mm. my leaf springs has a weird bend in it. Oh, <laughs> great! So I think I can probably—it's not like crazy bad. I think I could take the leaf spring pack apart and bend it back into shape. 
with the press. We'll see, I hope. But and then there's something else too, but I forget what it is. Are you leaf springs something fancy now, or are they just an OE spring that you've modified? They're Alcan used that I got from Kyle Crowley, who uh, is friends with Jason Payne yeah. out in California that I now live fairly close to and I need to probably meet up with at some point. <laughs> Doesn't he wheel an OBS? Yeah, well, he used to and he parted it out and those springs are from his OBS. It was on like 42's yeah, XO. Yeah, I remember the truck. Yeah, truggy, green. Yep. Um, oh, we also found the my second battery, the like ground screw hole was like crazy rusty so mm. i think it's like leaking some battery acid or something mm. so i'm probably just going to clean it up and put it back together with some dielectric grease and cross my fingers and then the last thing is the fuel pump but i knew this going into it it's so loud now i don't know if you guys remember it was loud for a long time but it's like now it's not just loud it's like like any moment it's gonna fail yeah there's a bearing that is definitely so, a bushing right now so you're gonna replace um, it before the next time you drive the truck i brought a fuel pump with me to hollister <laughs> like i ordered it like a couple weeks ago and i didn't have time to put it in um so i was like i mean better to do it on the side of the road than to have to call a tow truck um but i mean you were gonna um, so wait you would rather drop a fuel tank on the side of the road than call a tow truck depends how much gas is in it let's put it that way <laughs> i'm just thinking to myself i'd call a tow truck seven days a week <laughs> maybe i'd be like i don't care tow me somewhere i'm gonna <laughs> get a cab or something huh i mean i probably could most of the people that i was going with live up in the bay area so i probably could have gotten a ride or just ridden with the tow truck driver and then ubered from the or have them tow it back to my house. Why would I have exactly. it towed yeah, tow to your house? That's what I used to do back <laughs> in the day. The, your insurance, yeah. a lot of times, I remember my insurance company would all say this, like I'm a mechanic, right? So whenever I would break down, I used to break down quite a bit. And uh, for whatever reason, it didn't matter. And they're like, where do you want to tow it? I'm like, my house. And my insurance company, I'd always get on the phone with them and tell them, why well, I tow it to my house. They're like, well, technically, we only paid to get it towed to the nearest repair facility. And I was uh. like, yeah, but you know... And they're like, okay, Mike. And like, they would always pay the bill, even though it was like an extra yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. miles or something. Like, yeah. It was so anyway. Worth it. Yeah. It worked out okay. It did. You made it home on your screaming ass fuel pump. It's screaming, dude. It's so bad. Is it a factory pump? <laughs> so now I'm going to drive it tomorrow to like use up the rest of the gas in the tank and then it'll be mostly empty and I'll just Shit, drop it. Don't drive it tomorrow. Your fuel pump's going to fail on you in the worst time possible. I have to drive it. The Mazda is also in pieces. So. What? Why is the Mazda in pieces? What are you doing? Because EGR problems still, bro. We talked about it last I week. I know. I know it was in pieces, though. It is in pieces. I had to I had to get a freaking seal for the EGR tube, and that took a while because it's that is like way more rare than an EGR valve seal. Hmm. Yeah. Dumb. Sounds terrible. Um, so like it wasn't a just go to the parts store and they had it on the shelf. It was an ordered online deal. Oh, you can't you can't buy this seal at a normal parts store. And I called the Mazda dealers around here and they're like, yeah, we can get it in like two or three days. And I was like, great. It's whatever Wednesday. And so it arrived. They were supposed to call me on Friday. I was like, call me on, call me when it comes in and I'll maybe pick it up on my way out of town. Um, and 
I did that actually, but they didn't call me. I had to call them and be like, Hey, did that thing come in? Can I pick it up? And they're like, Oh yeah, it's here. I was like, why didn't you call me? It took me like an extra hour to get out of town to go get it, but whatever. I got it. Yeah. And so now I am podcasting and tomorrow I'll fix it. Well, I hope your truck makes it around the the hood. Should. If not, I'll get a toad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it hasn't gotten worse quickly. It's been like a very, (laughs) very slow burn. A slow burn, he says. Dude, I've had fuel pumps that I knew were fucking up and I've been out driving and the last time it happened to me, it's been a long time, but I remember I was on a hill and like it was, I was going uphill and I was in the Chevy mm-hmm. and at this point, I think it was like three inch body, three inch suspension on 36. So that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, I can almost roll it backwards into this parking lot. Like there's a parking lot, mm-hmm. like just adjacent to where I was, but I only made mm-hmm. it like halfway there. So I'm like halfway blocking the road. Some dude <laughs> comes by in a Ford Ranger and I'd run into this guy before around town. Like clearly he was always begging. He was, he was always begging, but he had a truck. So anyway, he couldn't have been that much begging. And he was like, <laughs> Hey, we got, you got an issue. I was like, I'll give you everything in my wallet. If you can yank my truck, the rest of the way into this parking lot. And he had the, the tires lit on that Ford Ranger doing a burnout for like five minutes and finally pulled my truck out of that parking lot. That's I had amazing. like $27. And I'm like, here you go, brother. <laughs> he was so happy. <laughs> That's funny. But his tire wear, though. Right, I know. He but he was just happy care. to have that money. I was just like... That's funny. I was. I just didn't want to be blocking traffic. And then eventually, I think I fixed it and drove home. But Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But it was definitely well, the fuel pump. I knew it. it had been, like, surging. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I know what this is. But it's probably fine for tonight. It was not fine for tonight. Oh, surging, you say? Hmm, maybe I shouldn't drive it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it did start surging on the drive home. <laughs> But only when it's actually when it warmed up, it was fine. So it was like when I was leaving the park, I felt it surging a little bit. I love and then that when you it know that up, it's it fucked and you're like, it'll be fine. It's fine. It'll be fine. Maybe I shouldn't drive it. Yeah. What else are you going to do? You going to Uber to work tomorrow or something? I don't know. Take Emily's Take car, Emily's I guess. Car. She works from home, right? She does. But like also our dog is maybe need to go to the emergency room. Maybe. They're like, if this happens again, and I won't get into the nasty, gory details, but... They're like, bring her in immediately. So I'm not going to do that. Because hmm. she might need to have a car. I get it. Yeah. I guess I could bike to work and borrow an engineering car and drive. An engineering car. Is it going to be a beautiful be day tomorrow? Of course it is. California. Yeah. But I have to drive. So I have to drive to my office and then take that car all the way to the other side of the bay. You can bicycle that far. I cannot. Not with like as much... I'd have to go to the bike to the office, get a car, bring it back to my house, load all the boxes in it, and then go drive across the bridge. Because I have, I'm going to test some stuff, so I have like ten boxes. That you will can not bring fit that on a with bike. you on your bicycle. No, I, I've, I've used my bike like a car a lot. This is too much. <laughs> like the whole back, if there was a back seat, the whole back seat on in the truck is full. <laughs> Just so we're so, gonna see what happens. So what you need is a trailer for your bicycle. I thought about it. <laughs> you know, they make those little trailers for kids. Yeah. I'm like, I'll just buy that and just take the top off. And then boom, I got a utility trailer for my bike. It's I an picture you so, on like, the it page it overloaded. It's you on a bicycle, but you have like 800 <laughs> pounds of shit behind you. <laughs> <laughs> my calves will be so swole. Dude, you should just buy like a little like five by ten like utility trailer, like for a mower or something and like way overload it and like make a mount for your bike. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like we need to get Bray in on this conversation because I feel like he, he. Do you guys know about Bray's little like yes. bike kayak? Yeah, thing? I've seen it. It's awesome. He built it's it. So he built dope. like a trailer made just for it, right? I'm gonna describe it because because nobody else knows don't. except for me, right? So please yeah, do. Yeah. It. Uh, so bike, uh, bike. <laughs> Bray <laughs> takes his bike bike packing, and he had an idea bike one pack. time of like, I want to take this to the next level and also kayak. Um, he wanted to like bike a bunch of miles to a river and then, you know, kayak down the river or up the river or whatever, and then bike back. And so he built like a, a sling basically for the back of the kayak, kind of like you would, you know, with like a handicapped dog <laughs> with like two wheels that like mount onto the kayak. And then the front of the kayak mounts to the bike with like a little hitch, kind of like an off-road trailer, but smaller. <laughs> And so he does that. He, he takes the he takes the bike. He takes the kayak. Goes to the river, puts the kayak in the river, and then he has a he flips the situation. Now the bike becomes a trailer, but he has a little floaty for the rear tire, and then the bike you know the front fork of the bike mounts onto the kayak like it would like a car, and then I forget what he does. I think the front tire of the bike goes on the front of the kayak just to balance things out, and like it's so dope. And it's he just he did that, but. He it's ludicrous. It. It's unbelievable. Like it's the most ridiculous thing in the world, and it's, it's so awesome. awesome. That's what that's great. Awesome. I mean, he like I think he's in or he was in uh, Utah bike packing. I think he biked all the way there. No, I'm just kidding. He biked to Utah and then biked <laughs> the whole time and biked back. Yeah, from Peoria. He's the fucking Chuck Norris of that bicycling. He's apparently. the Chuck Norris of bicycling, basically. Yeah. Anyway. Dude, Bray's mind, his engineering mind blows me away. Like, I know you guys have seen the cage, but the fact that he, like, radiused the shape of the cab into the, like, up bars or whatever you want to call those, I was like, this is the kind of detail I absolutely did not expect. I was just like, no, just whatever, just throw a cage in there. It's snow day. Like, look at the cab of the truck. And somehow I'm getting it's this awesome. cage that's, like, made for a much, much nicer rig. It's the best looking cage I think I've ever seen. Wow. I'm not exaggerating. I mean, I, I would, I might have said that, but it's my truck, but that's saying something. I mean, it's so cool. I don't this know. That's is, it. This it is on looks Mike's. really good. This is on Snow Day. Is that Steven? Yeah. Where can I find pictures of Snow Day? I haven't seen these in a while. Tisk, tisk. On the trail riders? In the trail riders page. On Jack Stan's on trail hated the other day. Hmm. I was like, I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen these pictures. Or at least I, I haven't, I don't know. That's probably the latest photo that you can get. I think that that was what the cage, well, what the portion of the cage is done on it, I think. Mm -hmm. But these guys post so much. No, it's not that mm -hmm. much. No. I'm looking, I haven't I'm seen I'm going to find it and send it to you. On Trail Hated? Yeah, you should send it to me because I don't, I don't know when the last time I saw pictures of it with the cage in it. I feel like I saw a couple of pictures, but that was it. Mm -hmm. So anyway. I feel like it won't be that hard to find. It what? <laughs> I think it's in it's in Trail Riders, isn't it? Oh, maybe it's in Trail. I thought it was in Trail. Hated. Maybe it was in Trail Riders. I don't remember. Trail. I think it's just been... Longer than you I think, can't, Mike. No, it was, <laughs> it was so recently. Was Somebody just posted the other something, day. and then it ended up making me post it. But I don't know why. 
Hmm. Oh, I found it? it. April 26th in the Trail Riders page. Trail Riders. Okay. I'm almost Steve. there. Hold on. I'm almost there. I can just look. Just just look. I see. Oh, I see. I see. It. Oh, it's amazing. I see it. That's how it should be. Yep. Well, I feel like I'm being over. So if anybody wants to see the cage that Mike is talking about, why did it post is that, on the Trail Riders page on April 26th? Because we talked about it on the podcast. Like I posted for some other reason. Like somebody posted something and then I was like, here's my answer to your question. Well, you might have done that too, but this one in the Trail Riders page is because we talked about it on the podcast. I love that it's removable. You love what? I love that it's removable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's dope. I mean, it might never get removed, but it's nice to know that I can. Like the whole bed is removable. (laughs) It's just six bolts to take it off, so... Dude, that thing is beefy. Like, you're not going to break that. I mean, the double hoop alone is probably just enough, but that was just <laughs> for aesthetics that didn't even mean anything. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's brave to design this thing, man. I If I roll the whole truck and it just, like, lands back on its, its feet, I'll be happy. I'll just laugh about it. <laughs> <clears throat> so is the tube going to go over the roof, like a hybrid, and down through the fender? It's going to go over the roof, down through like the B pillar, like right yes. X right behind the driver and passenger. And then it's going to run down the A pillar oh. and then down through the fender. Gotcha. So it's yeah, not going to be super like obvious cage. I mean, it's going to be there. You're going to see it, but it's not going to be like an obvious XO. Yeah, exactly. I wanted it to be like somewhat subtle. He's going to be a whole lot of tube on the side of the cab. Yeah, there won't be anything on the side of the cab, really. Or actually just nothing. I mean, I did tell him to bring yeah. the the bar that's going to be running along the cab. I wanted it just outside the cab. So if I do lean over into a rock, it acts as a uh, like a drip rail protector. A yeah. Rub rail, rub rail, yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that often happens, you know, you're like, I'm about to like, I'm, yeah, it's always my fucking extended <laughs> cab window. So I'm like, I'm going to bust out an extended cab window. Uh, and I, I just, <laughs> the picture you posted, there's a dent right above your passenger extended cab <laughs> window. Is, exactly. I'm always leaning that shit into something. Yep. Uh, before I forget, changing subject slightly. I, say, I think we're done with going wheel to and talk. Okay. Yeah, we're done before with wheel and talk. Before I forget, forever. we have got some new uh, patrons. And I need to shout. And I don't even remember how back, how far back we got to go. Um, I'll go well, back let's seven just start. Or eight. Seven, seven, seven or eight. eight new patrons. Yeah. Months. I feel like we shouted out Cam Shirley. Cam Sheree. Cam Sheree when he joined. Pretty sure. So we'll just start there. Andy Tesler, uh, Ryan Longnecker, Colton Lloyd, Cody Trannel, Bobby Portland, Portolayton. Porto I can't do that name. That it's so hard to say that for some reason. Uh, that's one of Jeremy's buddies. We got to wheel with him at Badlands more most uh, recently. Uh, Cade Mortison and Max Kraus. Thank you all for joining into the Patreon. And most of those guys are in the Thank old you. $10 giveaway tier. So they're all entered in nice. to win in the next one. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, yeah, I, I saw one come across the other day and I was like, oh, man, uh, I don't think that person like I haven't shouted out new patrons in a while. And so I wanted to shout out new patrons. Felt that like was it was so nice of you, Steven. You're such a nice boy. Uh, I try to be. 
trying to be on top of it. I really need to get, uh, I need to get Mango to get on top of these people and get him and get them added into the chat if they want to be added into the old Patreon chat on Messenger. If you want Mango to get on top of these people, can we save that for the Patreon? That's funny. Hey. Just saying. It's not that but they don't want to be mounted. It's just ask, that we should save that for later. Yeah, but I think if you ask him to do it, he will do it. I think that's all there is yeah. to it. It shouldn't be a big deal. Mount or not mount. Steve, is your mm-hmm. internet hiccuping? No, it's I can just barely working. see you. You're very blurry. I don't know why it's so blurry. It's something to do with the camera. Hmm. It's garbage. I don't know Me what the deal is. Don't believe you and we think it's your internet. I mean, it is just you, so you could just turn on your webcam on your laptop. I could. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we could just look at you. Like, we could look right up your nose right. rather than being looking at like, <laughs> the whole room with just you in it. You yeah, with an empty chair. You know what I like? I, I like that Steve I like is drinking a, a two liter of Coca-Cola, two bottles of vodka, two Gatorades, and one beer. <laughs> <laughs> The, the wild turkeys in the other room. That's and I funny. took the Captain Morgan home. <laughs> Drink piss, one of those piss. bottles of vodka right now. Uh, no. Come on. Sounds like heartburn. I'm peer pressuring you, though. It's working. Yeah. Peer pressure. Ooh. Too many heart complications this week. I'm out. Okay. Count me out well, on that I tried. Derek, do you want to try? <laughs> what am I trying? To get Steve to drink a bottle of vodka. Do it. Uh-uh. <laughs> Um, try. He said, "Do it though," and Derek's pretty. I'm what? What? And Derek's pretty. Do it for Derek. He's prettier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're a pretty boy, Steve. We'll do whatever you say. Oh yeah. Okay. Do it. <laughs> Is that how that works? <laughs> it's oh, not God. working. He's not drinking the uh, vodka, Derek. Be prettier. Be prettier. I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. All right. Maybe we should switch to Patreon. What is going on here? Yeah, I think this is Patreon talk. What What is my... So the reason I closed the teams earlier is because when I scroll, when I like go to my teams, like, I don't know, computer terms, I roll over the icon on my taskbar. It shows three instances of it open. And I was like, Mm. oh, that's too many. So I closed one and it closed all of them. (laughs) <laughs> I thought that I oh, was yeah. like running three. So three, three, three is indeed not too many. Yeah, three is actually the exact <laughs> right amount for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, you guys want to move? Oh my on gosh, to this is such a long episode. This is almost an I hour know, and forty it's minutes. Very long. Yeah, we need to probably move we to Patreon. Okay. Going. Uh, thanks for joining us for episode one seventy three. Check out some of our partner companies: SummershineSupply.com. Ooh. Shameless plug. Ooh. Uh, check out Complete Off Road. Call Chris when your shocks are shitty and he'll get you set up with some new rough countries um, or whatever you prefer. I wanted to go inexpensive and lifty. Uh, check out Crawler Off Road for all of your extraction needs. They get all your, 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 um, what do you call that? Recovery stuff. That's what, that's who's got it. Crawler, cut your mouth. Uh, check out the Off Road Anonymous. For all your fabrication stuff, uh, off-road anonymous, offroadanonymous.com. Check out Morflate, M-O-R-R-F-L-A-T-E, to get your inflation and deflation on, along with anything else you may need to get your airs up and airs downs. And then check out Rad Designs, in case you need to get your shift right. 
I mean, your shift together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're having trouble mm-hmm. getting your shift together, call call Rory at Rad Designs. Is that accurate? Uh, Steve, you messed one up. Who did I miss? No. You didn't miss anybody, but Offer Anonymous is only for your Milwaukee packout cut needs. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's the right. only thing yeah. they do, and that's the only reason you <laughs> call in. You if got you cups. Need to... Cups need to be upside down. <laughs> yeah. Call Rory. They need, get to, that they need to survive a roll, rollover. Jacob. Not Rory. No, no. shit. Sorry. Call Jacob. Not Rory. I got my people. Rory will not up. help you with packouts. Rory will also get your shift together <laughs> if you're rolling. Once you've. Once you've got your uh, your Milwaukee packouts, once you have your Milwaukee <laughs> packout cups mounted correctly, then you need to call Rory to f- complete the getting your shift together um, situation. So, yep. Okay. All of these things go in your center console. Is that all the thing they, they do? You, <laughs> yes, Derek. Hi. Hand up. You. I have la- I have last words. Okay, oh, Derek, Derek has last words. Good. That's the last word. Think of any. Put a fuse on every goddamn circuit you have in your rig, what? especially if you don't want it to burn down, which I assume most of the listeners don't. Do not listen to him. He works for the fuse company. He's big fuse. No, I don't. Not this anymore. Is how they get you. Fuse. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry, I left right. the fuse right. company and I'm still saying this stuff. Fuses are a scam. <laughs> he's, he's an in fact, insider. I say it more now. He's part of big fuse. Don't listen to him. Big fuse. <laughs> big, big fuse. Pharma, big fuse. That's literally the opposite because I used to work for Little Fuse. No, that's that is a that is them trying to be f- cute. They are big fuse. Yep. Uh-huh. They're big fuse. <laughs> trying to be cute. They're like, no, no, we're not big fuse. We're, we're little, little fuse. We're not, we're not big pharma. We're little pharma. Nobody will yeah, know exactly. this. Somebody, somebody needs to come up with. We're a little Pfizer. Nobody knows this is. Little Pfizer. <laughs> A little Pfizer so cute. It would never do anything wrong. Never. Exactly. Would never. Oh, it's funny. Oh my god. Fuse your shit. Lawsuit. Little little Pfizer would never be in a lawsuit. We don't have enough money for that. Our pockets all empty. <laughs> you, you can't be a you can't be sued when you're just a little baby. He's a little baby Pfizer. <laughs> all right. Oh my god. That's the end of your episode. Thank you for listening. We love you guys. And Oh, I was going to say stay grinding. That's not right. We'll catch you on the trail. There you go. <laughs> that's right right isn't that right we'll catch you on the trail is it stay that's grinding right. that sounds I you're right, right. Where I am I have been here for a while but you know who, who am I where am I <laughs> <laughs>